was a great example of that. Right after he was weaned from his mother's milk, he was placed in the temple and, and he came up in the Lord in that process. In the New Testament, we don't ever see that, but what we do see, and, and I love this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. The uh, disciples were a little bit confused about who they were there for. That's what it's all about. They were like, hey, parents, don't bring your kids up to Jesus. He's busy, he's ministering to the adults. <laughs> and what did Jesus say? let the little children come to me do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these I tell you the truth anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it and I believe that there's something about praying for our families praying for our children and God shows up and God honors a prayer from a mom and a dad when they say, from this day forward, I'm going to raise my son, my daughter up in the ways of the Lord. And I believe God will bless that when we ask, when we pray that. So if you would, Randy and Jerry, would you go ahead and come up here? And Pastor Barb, would you come on up? And uh, Brian and Colleen. Anyone else that wants to dedicate their baby? Yeah, that would be great too. All right, who are we, who are we blessing here today? This is Emma. Allison. Emma and Allison. Look at you. Did you bring your bottle with you? Huh? Did you? How precious. So this is Randy and Jerry. Oh, goodness gracious. You guys are up here. I'm sorry. And who do we have here? Asher. Asher. Hi, <gasps> dude. Oh, look at that big smile. So Asher, Allison, and Emma, and we're going to pray over them. Uh, did the moms and dads want to come up? Oh, they're in Florida. Yeah, your parents are in Florida, yeah. Um, Patty? Jeff? Grandpa? Oh. Would you, uh, would you extend a hand up here? So, here's the thing. When you guys take this place up here, you're standing in front of this congregation and you're basically saying, we're going to raise our son, our daughters in the name of the Lord all the days that we have left. So, take this to heart. This is a covenant, a vow you're making to the Lord today and I believe he will honor that and he will put a covering over your family, over your children 
And as we're going to pray, that he'll show favor on them all the days of their lives. And uh, we just thank you for coming on up here today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we are just blessed to be in the presence of these precious little ones. And Lord, we, we pray for Emma, we pray for Allison, Lord, we pray for Asher, that you would bless each one of these babies today. God, that you would reveal yourself to them in ways that only you can. And that as they grow, Lord, that they will grow up in you, that they will know who Jesus is, that they will one day give their hearts to you, dedicating themselves to you, and even being twice born, as I talked about earlier. And Lord, I pray for these families that you will give mom and dad all that they need, the patience, (laughs) the wisdom, the discernment to know when they're fooling around, and they shouldn't be. And Lord, that your glory would rest upon their homes. Your peace that passes all understanding will be with them. And Lord, that you will give these parents everything they need to be the godly parents you have called them to be. So today, we commit their families and their very success into your hands, and we pray this all in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. If, if you would, make sure that you fill out that sheet on the guest service thing with the name you want on their uh, certificate. So, love you guys. God bless you. Thank you. Give you a hug here. Bless you guys. He is so cute. You kept smiling. How can you not like a smiling baby? Speaking of children, it is time to release the young'uns. Release the Kraken. Junior high, elementary, adios, have fun, please God. I just wanted to thank Mandy today for uh, reminding her mother that I forgot to put the PowerPoint up so that I didn't have to run off and do that now. To pray or not to pray? That is the question. Does that sound familiar? You know, I thought it was kind of catchy. To pray or not to pray? That is the question. How many of you are familiar with Job? I'm not going to spend a lot of time there, but he's one of, the, one of the dudes. It's actually the oldest book written uh, in the Old Testament, and Job was one of those guys that most of us don't want to be. When I was in Bible college, I had a friend of mine that I think he had the mantle of Job because it seemed like everything he did It was a contest. It was a fight. And he jokingly called himself that. But Job was blessed to start with. He had everything. Family. He had finance. He had thousands of animals that were his. Very wealthy man. And then this conversation happened in heaven. And I'm not going to go into the theology of it, but 
Satan came to heaven and said, hey, Job wouldn't be this righteous man if you took away all his blessings. So God said, well, I'll tell you what, Satan. You go ahead, you, you can do whatever you want to him, but you can't kill him. And Satan had a field day. He went after Job with a vengeance. And, and I'm only bringing this up because I wanted to read one little passage found in Job 23. And I'm going to read this from the NLT here. Uh, it'll be up behind me if you don't have your sword with you. Or you can turn there if you'd like. If you're a King James person, you'll probably want to read your version because this is a little different. Job 23, verses 3 to 6. And it says, If only, and this is Job talking, If only I knew where to find God. I would go to his court. If only I knew where to find God, I would go to his court. I would lay out my case and present my arguments. Then I would listen to his reply and understand what he says to me. Would he use his great power to argue with me? And he answers himself. He says, no. He would give me a fair hearing. Even though Everything had been taken away from this man. He'd lost it all. He still confessed his belief that God would be fair. Because God will be fair. He knew that. And here's the thing. Job didn't have this. We do. What is this? The Bible. What is the Bible? God's holy word. And what is God's holy word but his promises to you and me? And he can't lie, so everything that's in here is truth. Job knew that in his heart, even though he didn't have the Bible. Now, though Job didn't have, Job didn't have all the answers, Job's friends thought they did. Remember that? Oh my. And how did they reply to him most of the time? They came back with these pat answers. How many know what I mean by Christianese? Don't do that. When somebody's hurting, don't come to them and start spewing, well, if you've done this, you must have sin in your life. Really? Really? Who made you judge? Just listen to them. Put your arm around them and pray with them. Don't feel like you've got to correct it because that's not yours or my job. Be a friend, not somebody that's going to beat them up or thump them with the Bible. Thanks to the Bible, you and I, we know that God hears our prayers. And I love the fact that, that he talked about the court because the verses I'm going to share from the New Testament here in a minute have to do with that. Enter the good news. Thanks to the Bible, you and I know where to go if we have an issue, if we have an urgent need in our lives. Amen? I want to show you today how God is as near to us as our prayers. 
God is as dear to us as our prayers. And I've, I've shared this uh, website before, but, oh, sorry. That's what Job said. If only I knew where to find God. According to gotquestions.org, that's a great website if you have questions. I feel like it's theologically sound, and uh, you can go there and, and ask all kinds of things. But according to gotquestions.org, prayer is simply, can you read it? Hello? Say it again. One more time. So when you pray, you're talking to God. Now, you have to believe that he's listening, right? But according to the, the word of God, he is. Because he loves us and he cares about each one of us. Now let me ask you this, when you really like somebody, Michael, do you spend any time with faith? A little bit. Why? Because you don't like her, right? No, because you like her, you spend time with her, right? Is it any different with God? God wants us to spend time with him, to get to know him. He wants us to know how much he loves us, but he also wants us to know how much we love him. He already knows, but we have to realize it. So the time that you spend with him reveals how much you really think of him. When you trust someone, you share your heart with that person. Brad, Brad do you share everything with Deborah? Because if you don't, she's on to you. You know each other inside and out because you guys have been married how long? 19 years. 19 years. I can't do that, but I love that accent. They're intimate with each other. When you trust somebody, you share your heart with that person. If you trust God, you will share your heart with him. Are you catching the connection here? Because sometimes I think we find ourselves in that place where, oh, he doesn't want to know about that. Oh, he does. The deepest, darkest intimacy, he wants you to share that with him. Don't just give the Lord lip service. Show him that he is all that to you. How do we do that? Through our prayers. One of my favorite passages on prayer is found in Luke chapter 18. I'm going to read this uh, today again from the NLT. Jesus explains very clearly how we're to pray and what will be accomplished if we do. So you ready for this? Starting with verse 1. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Can you say that with me? Always pray, never give up. One more time. Always pray, never give up. I'm hoping, and I don't have a cute little song at the end, the elevator song today, but I'm hoping that throughout this week, this is going to hit you like a freight train. Always pray, never give up. 
God cares about you. So always pray, never give up. And if we go back to the definition, that means what? Talk to him. Talk to him, never give up. Talk to him, never give up. There was a judge in a certain city and he said, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. Wow. That's not the kind of judge you want to usually be in front of. He didn't fear God and he didn't care about the people. Wow. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. It's interesting that you see that twice. But this woman is driving me crazy. Not that that's a common thing, all right? It's just, it's just here. It was her relentless talking that the judge had to address. This woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice just because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think, and this is the part you've got to catch, don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Some of you have been doing this. And God wants you to know he hears your prayer. He hears you talking to him. And then it says, will he keep putting you off? He hasn't put you off. I tell you, verse 8, this is a part that's so important. He will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? So we see here a couple of things at play. First, we have a woman in need, a widow woman. And if you know this, in the Old Testament, I'm sorry, in Bible days, they didn't have social security. All right? Either you had somebody taking care of you or you were on your own and you were in trouble if you were an older person. If you didn't have family to take care of you. And this woman obviously had a need and she went to the judge and said, Judge, you've got to help me with this. But he kept putting her off, putting her off. And the Bible says this judge was ungodly and didn't even like people. Just who you want to go to. But because of her relentless perseverance, that judge finally made a decision on her behalf and it was in favor of her. Just so he could shut her up. That's not how God feels. It's the opposite. But God's showing us that if this unrighteous judge will treat that woman right, how much more will a righteous God treat his people who are in need and who keep coming back to him, persevering in faith, believing that he's going to answer their prayers? That is the important part that we all need to see here today. 
And at the very end of this, again, I just emphasize this. When I return, I've got it up here. When Jesus returns, how many will he find faithful? You know, I've gone through days where I've, I've, I've gotten to the end of the day and gone, I haven't prayed today. Anybody else do that? And we don't do it intentionally, but we get so busy in stuff, we forget. God wanted to have that conversation with us, and, and my wife is sitting in the back again, but just, you know, when we don't spend time together, you let me know it. And it's not always verbal cue, it's sometimes I can just tell you're down because we haven't spent time with each other. And God is the same way. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to bring your deepest, darkest fears to Him, your needs to Him, and your rejoicing. It doesn't all have to be bad, of course. Praying doesn't necessarily mean it's all bad. Sometimes you can go to Him and say, Thank you for marrying my son yesterday to Sarah Coonrod, now Sarah Oberlin. Did you know that? For some of you, that's... And Troy, if you're listening on live stream today, God bless you, we love you, and congratulations to both of you. And now we're related officially to the Coonrods. She's not in her, or is she? Is she hiding? She might, might be somewhere else. She, I saw her here a minute ago. We have a new daughter. That's our answer to our prayers, by the way. <laughs> Hallelujah. This passage was talking about prayer and how, how God welcomes those who pray persistently to Him. Then suddenly, Jesus closed the parable by transitioning over to faith. I can't help but look over here. <laughs> faith. What's he trying to show us here? I believe it's this. When one prays, that person is exercising his or her faith. When a person prays, he or she is exercising his or her faith. So I believe that the opposite is also true. When one does not pray, that person shows his or her lack of faith. You see that connection? Is it safe to say that's accurate? I believe it is, and that hurts. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. The New King James says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You may not see it with these eyes, but you've got to believe that it's coming to pass in your heart, in your spirit. You've got to believe God hears your prayers, and just like that widow woman, He is going to answer your prayers. Be persistent. Don't give up. Some people have prayed for years for a specific thing, and it was years before it was answered, but when it came, oh, it came in a glorious flood. Don't give up on praying. Believe that God wants to answer your prayers. 
And here's the thing. Faith is believing. Faith is trusting the Lord to fulfill all of his promises for no matter how many promises God has made. They are yes in Christ and so through Christ, right? The amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. What does it mean to say amen? So be it. All right, what else? I agree. Thank you. When you say amen, you're saying, I agree with this. When you pray to God, and if you understand that all of God's promises are what? Yes and amen. When you say amen, you're saying, I agree that God's promises are true and that he will fulfill them. It goes on to say, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. When you say amen, you're saying I agree that God is going to answer this prayer by his promise, and the Holy Spirit is the guarantor that that's going to come to pass. So if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, which you are if you're born again, you already have the guarantee in you. I thought you'd get a little more excited about that. The Holy Spirit is our guarantee that God will do what He said He would do. Hallelujah. Again, just for emphasis, you may not see it in the natural, but you need to see it with your faith eye. You need to see it coming to pass. When Elijah prayed that the rain would stop, it did, and then at the end he prayed that it would rain again just to show that God answers prayer. And that God is the God over the weather and whatever else. So the first thing that happened was he he kept sending his servant, go look for it. Look for what? Go look for the rain. Okay. He runs off, comes back, nothing. Runs off, comes back, nothing. Go see it, go look again. Go look again, go look again. Finally he comes back and what did he say? There's a, a little cloud out there that's about the size of a hand. And he said, that's it. It's here. It's here. Next thing they know, they've got more rain than they know what to do with. But it started out with nothing, with the, with the natural eye. When you pray for something, you've got to see it coming to pass. And I'm not talking about any kind of mystical, magical stuff here. I'm talking about believing God at his word. Now, if you're praying for a Corvette, you're praying the wrong thing. Because that's a selfish prayer. But if you're praying for legitimate needs, things that you want to see happen, neighbors, family members that you want to see brought into the kingdom, those are the kinds of things God wants to answer. And he will. I have a, just a, a personal testimony. Some of you probably heard this. If you've been here any length of time. When, that's the thing. When you pastor a church 17, 18 years, You've probably heard most of my life. It's a long time. 
But I wanted to share this nonetheless. I believe it bears witness here. When we were called back in uh, 1988, when we were called to go to Bible college, we both knew that it meant there would be changes in our life. We didn't understand how much so. Not unlike Job, everything we knew, we were leaving behind. And we had some friends here last night that, that we left behind to answer the call that God had put on our lives. And we miss our friends. Our church family was, was like our, our blood family. That's why I love people in the church, because we're, we're family. We care about each other. We pray for each other. And we left a whole bunch of our, our people behind in order to follow after God. We also had a house that we were going to leave behind. And we put it on the market. We had a Christian realtor, and the man listed it. And it sold like that first week. Woo! So what do you do? You get ready. All right, time to go to Bible college. And we lived in Lansing at the time. We were moving to Springfield, Missouri. And we had no clue what was coming next. But Barb and I had enough faith. We saw that little cloud way out there. And we knew God was doing something. But here's the thing. Sometimes, not unlike Job, your faith is going to be tested. Anybody else ever have that happen? You're standing on the promises of God. Everything's yes and amen in Christ. And then all of a sudden, you get walloped. And you're like, where did that come from? I get the call. The realtor says, I don't know how to put this to you, but the man that was buying your house, this is six weeks later. All right, we've got our stuff in boxes. We're ready to go out the door. And he said, the man lied on his application. I'm like, uh-uh. What does that mean? That means the bank won't finance him. We had to start all over. We're heading out the door. We were excited that God had this. It, it just showed that the Lord was with us. He was in this thing. And then, no more. Like a vapor. It just disappeared. So, Here's the thing I didn't mention. We had an $800 a month house payment. We were going to a place we didn't know. We didn't have it. I gave my job up at General Motors. I had no income. We had no income. And we told Ken, the realtor, we said, look, just keep it on the market. Try to sell it. We're going to Bible college. And we headed off. Month went by. Another month went by. Another month went by. Listen, when you don't have an income, that $800 a month, (laughs) ouch. We got to the fifth month, October. Both Barb and I are like, all right, I'm in school now. I've already started, and and I'm I'm going to my classes, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, Lord, you got to help us here. And Barb tells me, Norm, I'm sorry, I, I don't know what to say, but this is the last check I can write. And our account's going to be empty. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, anybody else ever have this happen? Do you feel like Job? A little bit. We still had our family. We still had our health. But it, 
we're just, we're questioning. God, did you really call us? Can you see that? Does that make sense? Did you really call us to go to Bible college? Did we miss it? Are you telling us now that we did? A little late. I wish you'd said this before. And that weekend, it was a Saturday, both of us, unbeknownst to the other, we went into our prayer closets and we had one of those conversations. We talked to God. And, and both of us said the same thing, but we didn't know it till later. We said, Lord, I know you've called us. And we're here in obedience to your call. If you want us to be broke while we go through college, so be it. We give this to you. Sunday comes and goes. Monday, I get the call. This is, we still had landlines. We didn't have cell phones yet. Nor Mrs. Ken, you sitting down? So we sat down. Norm, I just want you to know your house sold. I'm like, what? He goes, cash, full price. I'm like, what? We hit the ceiling. We were so excited. Why? Because we were in a mobile home. It was easy to hit. All right, you got to understand, first time this happened, what happened? Six weeks later, right? Guy calls, says, sorry, it fell through. Next day I get the call. Norm, you're sitting down, and I'm like, Ken, just tell me. And he goes, they want to close this Friday. I'm like, what? We hit the ceiling again. This time I almost went through it. Here's the beauty of this. We had an escrow check sent to our savings account that Friday at 10.30 a.m. Less than five days from beginning to end. You talk to any realtor, they will tell you this doesn't happen. But we serve a God that loves us. We serve a God that's so much bigger than anything that you or I could ever imagine. He loves us that much. And he wanted us to know this was him. Here's the last little part of this that just blows you away. The people that bought the place, they had just sold their bowling alley. And they had all cash. But here's the, the, the weirdest part. She was in a wheelchair. Our house was a bi-level. You had to go upstairs or downstairs to get anywhere in the house. You know what that says to me? God wanted us to know if this was Him. This was Him. And we have hung on to that all these years. God answered our prayer. Hallelujah. We serve a good God. Give, give him a round of applause. So that leads me to Hebrews eleven six. Without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Do you think Barb and I were earnestly seeking Him? 
Oh, I could tell you we were. <laughs> there, there's no question, because we didn't know what was next. And God showed up. He honored our faith because we didn't give up on him. In fact, we just laid it in his hands, similar to how Job did it. And God blessed. And of course, if you know the story about Job, he ended up with double what he had to begin with. But he had to go through a whole lot of hell to get there. A whole lot of tests, a whole lot of trials. And I'm not saying any of you are called to be Job, but I do know this. Your faith will be tested. You still with me? Hallelujah. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, the New King James says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I thought I'd get a little more praise on that one too. He is worthy. When we pray, things change in the heavenlies. I don't have to go into all that today, but we need to be prayerful people who believe that our God will answer miraculously. I don't know what you're going through today. As I be, begin to close, I wanted to just give one more quick illustration. This has to do with five guys who, we all worked at General Motors. We all worked afternoon shift, and we got out around 11, 11.30 at night. And these five guys... Loved the Lord. I was one of them. We loved the Lord, and we wanted to see God move. So what did we do? We went home, we showered, and then we went back to the church, and we met for prayer. <laughs> one o'clock in the morning, or 12.30, whenever it was that we ended up getting there. And we got on our faces, and we praised the name of the Lord. We got on our faces and we worshiped Him. We got on our faces and we asked the Lord to send revival. And that church, and, and I don't want to take anything away from our pastor, Pastor Dave Williams' leadership, because he was a brilliant man, still is. But I believe, and I think the Holy Spirit showed me this the other day. He said, Norm, do you realize you guys had a part in that? You five men who diligently, who persistently came to my court at night, in the middle of the night, and cried out to me that you wanted me more than you wanted anything else. You realize that moved me. You know what happened in that church? It tripled in size in about three to six months' time. I don't... There were others praying, all right? I'm just sharing our five-guy story. Whenever you get, can get five men together to pray, 
I'm telling you what, you've done something. And we were all hungry. We all wanted more of God. And he showed up. He answered our prayers. We saw moves of the Holy Spirit like I've never seen since. Does that mean he can't move like that again? Oh, no. (laughs) But he wants people Men and women, boys and girls, he wants his people to have that conversation with him, to talk to him, to invite him into your life, into your little sphere of influence, into your family, into your uncles that need Jesus. How many have an uncle, a wicked uncle that needs Jesus? Mine are all gone on, but it could be anybody. God wants to hear from us. Hallelujah. (laughs) To pray or not to pray? That is the question. What can God do in Gaylord? What he did in Lansing, he can do in Gaylord. What can God do in Gaylord if his people will pray? What will he do in this church in the hope if his people will believe him at his word? And everything truly is yes and amen for those that believe. In Luke 18.8, Jesus asked this question, and this is where I'm throwing it back on you if you'd stand with me. I've made this personal. How many will I find who have faith when I return for my church? How many? And by faith, I believe that I'm not taking liberty here to say, That means people that believe, people that pray. Do you believe? Do you believe? It's pretty quiet in here. Because you know what's coming next. Do you believe? I still don't hear, but 10% of you. Do you believe? If you do, then you will pray the prayer of faith. This is my final scripture. We heard this this morning in in the prayer room. 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land what's the key ingredient faith if my people will believe if my people will pray We'll pray until there's no tomorrow, like there's no tomorrow. We'll pray until the answer comes. We'll pray until that little cloud turns into a full-blown storm. That's what God's calling us to do today. You and me. We have prayer on Wednesdays at 545 to 645. We have prayer Sunday morning starting at 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. You are invited. It's the prayer room over there. And if we fill that thing up, we'll find more rooms. 
Maybe you want to start a prayer time. Some of you already do. Invite others to come. Let's get this church praying. This nation needs revival. I don't think anybody would deny that. And God said, I will. I will honor your faith when you pray. I will honor that. Everything is yes and amen. Father, we are again humbled here today. Teach us to pray. Lord, put the urgency on our hearts that nothing is accomplished without prayer. We ask today, Lord, that you would challenge us. How many in this room today, just by an upraised hand, you're challenged by this? Thank you. You put them down. If you mean business, when you just raised your hand, I expect that you are going to ask the Lord when we're done here today, you're going to say, Lord, where do you want me to begin praying? How do you want me to begin praying? You should have a journal. Something that you can write requests down as the Holy Spirit gives them to you. You write them down, you, you date it, and then when you get the answers, you can put on their answer received. Glory to God. That'll also help you help build your faith. But it'll remind you on a daily basis that you need to pray, that I need to pray. Not too long ago, I gave a little orange sheet of paper out that had a bunch of things on it. And some of you have been praying that diligently. Thank you. I don't know what God wants to do with this, but I believe that we are going to see miracles, that we're going to see signs and wonders following. And what it's going to take is us getting serious about our relationship with our King. The more time that you spend with Him, the more you're going to look like Him. And just like Moses, when he went up to the top of the hill, he came down and everybody looked at him and went, He's glowing. Because He was in the glory of God. Wouldn't that be amazing if we all come back here next week and and you were all glowing? I just saw this. Somebody quoted this. Uh, I hope it's not too rough. Uh, If God can make a bug's butt shine, meaning a lightning bug, imagine what he can do for you. It already is. That's where I got it. It was a Facebook thing. Imagine what he can do with us. I'm done. Father, we are again humbled to be here today. Thank you for everything you've accomplished in the Spirit. Help this people to pray like we've never prayed before. I pray we'd be so convicted if we're not, Lord, that we have no choice but to get on our faces, to get on our knees, and to begin calling out to you, having that conversation between a child and their God. And Lord, fill us again afresh and anew with your Holy Spirit. Draw us to you like never before 
And we pray for revival, Lord, to sweep across our nation, across the globe, Lord, not just to hoard it in America, but Lord, that all would know you in Jesus' name. And God, I trust that something is being sparked here today. And those that raise their hand, Lord, I pray that you would influence us until we get it. God, help us to pray. And we commit this church, our people, into your hands, into your loving embrace. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus.